Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, a student of permaculture, an observer of bees, and someone who recently learned about the mating habits of worms. We are live, and the call-in number is 952-946-6205. Beyond the glasses, Eric. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. Good morning. And so I saw this really weird sight in my yard two nights ago. Dozens of large worms mating. And worms are both male and female, and there are 6,000 species worldwide. Love worms because worms are key to healthy soils. Um, And so on the Food Food Freedom Facebook page, I did share a video. It's not the video I took because I didn't want to disturb the worms. But... um, but the, but the other thing I was so deeply fortunate to observe is many, many, many bumblebees. And bee watching has become a little bit like bird watching, and it's all about reciprocity with the natural world. And there is so much bad news and fake drama coming at, a, coming at me nonstop. And it's nice to simply watch bumblebees. Um, there's a book by Heather Holmes on bees. And I was with someone and they were like, uh, you know, they're both bumblebees, both the small one and the big one. And I thought that person was wrong. Now it's all bumblebees are big. <laughs> but actually there are uh, little bumblebees and medium-sized bumblebees and the queens come out first and then the small worker bumblebees and then the medium workers. And it's just, it's really fun to watch. And it's also a little reality therapy. And I think that's what we need. We need reality therapy. At least I do. So Karen Olson Johnson's not able to be with us, but later in the program, we're going to have Josh Wise from the Institute of Trade and Agriculture Policy for an update on the Farm Bill. And in the studio with us is Andrea Heels, and she's with the Food Group. And this summer, a coalition is working on a pop-up community food distribution. So welcome to the program, Andrea. Hi, thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, so what is a pop-up community food distribution? Yeah, so this is a series of events. It's called Open Feasts, and it is hosted collaboratively by a number of organizations across the Minnesota food system. Um, So we've got folks involved all the way from the farmers to the waste management system. Um, And we just were very passionate about this issue of wasted food, and we wanted to generate awareness about it. So we thought, what better way than to gather some of this food that may have otherwise gone to waste and serve it up to the public so they can all see how amazing it is and also just how much of it there is. So uh, briefly, we'll, we'll be talking about this the whole show is on, you know, what is the problem with food waste in Minnesota? Yeah, so in our country, somewhere around a third to even 40% of the food that we produce doesn't end up being consumed by humans. You know, I'm just going to stop on that because let's take that in, uh, especially in the context of being reciprocal with the natural world. The way that we do food is so damaging to our water and our soil and yet we're wasting it. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge part of the issue is that when you're wasting food, you're not just wasting that apple. You're wasting all of the resources that went into growing, harvesting, shipping, and marketing that apple. Um, and that's a lot of resources, a lot of you know land and water and time and energy. Uh, so when, you know, e- even if it didn't cost you that much money to buy that apple, so much went into producing that apple. And it's just disrespectful of the apple and especially mm-hmm. if wasted um, what we refer to as meat products. It's just it's just not part of uh, respect for the natural yeah. world. And then right alongside that in our community here, about one in 10 goes to bed hungry. Um, so how do we reconcile, you know, so many of us throwing out so much perfectly good food while our neighbors are going to bed without enough to eat? So, yeah, it's a it's a huge issue with environmental, social and financial uh, um Dimensions to it. Dimensions to it. Yeah. So let's talk about the event. Um, uh, What is um, um, Open Feast at Open Street? Yeah. So uh, we we came together. um, We initially were um, thinking about hosting uh, something similar to uh, there's an event series called Feeding the 5000. There is a group based in the UK that started this event series where they aim to feed 5000 people off of food that would otherwise have gone to waste. 
Um, and we met and, you know, a group of us thought about hosting one of these events and it felt just a little overwhelming, <laughs> a little too daunting. So we thought, what if we tag along to an existing event where we've got a big turnout from the community where we can access a lot of folks who may not already be engaged with this issue? And Open Streets was just such a perfect fit. Um, so for people who don't know what Open Streets are, tell, tell us a little yeah, bit what Open Street so is. Open Streets is is hosted by a group called Our Streets Minneapolis, formerly the Minneapolis Bike Coalition. And uh, they shut down a portion of a major street to motorized traffic, and they open it up to bicycles, rollerblades, folks come out on foot, and the community comes out, the local businesses set up stands, there's educational activities, there's food, there's music. It's just a blast. It's basically a big block party all along the street for, you know, many, many blocks, Um and they host, I think this year, there are going to be seven or eight of them. And uh, um, they're all in different neighborhoods. So each event, uh, you know, is, is celebrating a different community. Uh, and they're just a lot of fun. So, you know, we approached them and we we're like, this is our idea. We want to serve this food that would otherwise go to waste and teach our community about this issue and what they can do both in their own homes and in the community to, to try to inspire change around this issue. So you'll be participating in three of these. Yes, we will be at uh, East Lake Street, which is taking place on uh, Sunday, July 22nd. We will also be at West Broadway on Saturday, September 15th, and then at Nicollet on Sunday, September 23rd. Okay, so when you're going to be at these events, you will be um, giving away food that would have been wasted. Yeah. So how is that going to work? Yeah, so what we did last year is um, uh, in my role at the food group, I uh, work with a lot of local farmers. Um, so I asked our farm partners to bring me their ugly, their dirty, <laughs> their misshapen produce that they would be embarrassed to even donate to the food shelves. Um, and I asked them to bring us all of that yeah. produce. We gathered it and uh, took volunteers. Uh, last year, we did our food prep at the Good Acre. Um, and so we basically just took several hundred pounds of produce that was deemed unfit for any other... Just because it's ugly. Yeah, basically. Yeah, for produce. <laughs> or, you know, maybe getting a little bit soft or not... Well, not and I, 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 We do this with... Because I, I, I um, have a community garden mm -hmm. where the food goes to the um, open door food shelf. Okay. And so, I mean, the food that we take home is the food that um, is damaged in minor's ways, but we can mm -hmm. still, you know, cut off that part that... Some worm like to nibble on yeah, a little bit. Exactly. You know? So many of us were used to seeing that perfectly perfect produce that we see in the supermarket, and that's not the reality. It's not the reality, and plus, it's it's almost uh, it's almost like Orwellian fruit. It's like, oh, look at this big perfect fruit, and it's like, yeah, yeah, what sits behind all that? Yeah, that's not the way food grows. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you know, you just if there's a little blemish or whatever, just cut that part away, and then it becomes perfect again. So, but. There is, but there is a kind of a cultural understanding that if something has a blemish on it, um, it's it's it it's yeah. blemished. Yeah, or it's bad. It's or, bad, you know. But it's it's not, <laughs> you know, and it still tastes the same. And um, yeah, so we took that food and we turned it into various little dishes. We um, at each event we had some kind of like shredded vegetable slaw where we we basically took you know whatever it was that we could get at that that time of year. And uh, we mixed it all together. Um, the only ingredients we added to any of the food that we made were um, vinegar, salt, sugar, dried spices, oil. That's okay. it. Just basic pantry items. We wanted to keep it super simple to show people that they don't need an elaborate setup. They don't need to be chefs to turn this food into something delicious. Um, we did pickles. We did a roasted eggplant dip uh, that we did like carrot sticks and cucumbers uh, to dip in there. Uh, we did a roasted pepper dip. Um, yeah, various pickled vegetables. Uh, and then we also rescued bread and bakery items from a couple different bakeries around town and served that. Um, and then alongside the food, we have an educational component to the event as well. 
Great. And so the, the you're going to be at three of the events, um, the East Lake Street one in July, the West Broadway, and uh, the Nicollet Avenue ones in September. And you actually want some support or some help um, with these events. Yeah, yeah. We definitely need volunteers. We need volunteers to help us prep all that food. Uh, we usually get somewhere between 500 and up to 1,000 pounds of food that we're prepping for these events. So uh, <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this year we're hoping to incorporate sort of a, an educational aspect to the food prep as well, where we will have some chefs on site that'll give us all some tips about ways that we can prepare food in our own homes so that we reduce our waste. So, you know, tips around like what types of vegetables do you not really have to peel? You can just scrub them clean. Or wow, how yeah. do you make a vegetable stock with your leftover vegetable trimmings? And um, so tips like that. Uh, so we definitely need volunteers to help us actually prep the food. Uh, we typically do that the day before the events. And then we'll need uh, volunteers at the event itself to help us set up, to help us serve the food, to draw people in, to engage with the educational activities. So yeah, folks can either go to our Facebook page or our website to learn more specifics about those opportunities. Uh, and the website is? The website is uh, openfeasts.org, and that is feasts plural. Fleece, so. Feast. Feasts. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's kind what of was the response last year when you were giving away this food? Did people yeah. like it? It was so great. Like We had kids saying, oh, I don't even like vegetables <laughs> and this is so good. And like, we So had... we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about how do we personally reduce our food waste. And there are time, there's time for your calls. The number is 952-946-6205. <laughs> Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. Six years ago, Dr. Emily Stein was confronted with a life-changing situation. Her grandmother developed rheumatoid arthritis and was unable to maintain her own dental hygiene. Unfortunately, her assisted living facility didn't have the resources to help her maintain her dental health either. Once her dental health deteriorated, her overall health deteriorated too. It wasn't long until she had multiple tooth extractions and a severe stroke. That's when Emily put her Stanford background in microbiology and immunology to work. She created an oral care lozenge, or Smart Mint, that manages oral bacteria to promote strong teeth, healthy gums, and fresh breath. Daily Dental Care is a life sciences company dedicated to addressing public health by targeting the root cause of dental disease. Because let's face it, we all could use a little extra help supplementing our daily dental care routine. Visit dailydentalcareswithans.com or go to Amazon to purchase our lozenges and use promo code DDC95502 for a 25% discount on your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Daily dental care lozenges are not intended to replace daily dental hygiene practices. 
AM950 listeners, we have a home cleaning company with an offer just for you. They're Blue Sky Services. Blue Sky Services will wash your windows, siding, gutters, clean those black streaks off your roof, and more. Window washing starts at $100. Siding cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484 to ask for the AM950 special. If you hear this, you have an exclusive house cleaning offer for June only. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland. Karen Olson-Johnson not able to be here. In studio with us is Andrea Heels with the uh, Food Group. And we are talking about food waste and the upcoming Open Feast event. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the problem of food waste. I mean, it's an incredible amount of food that gets wasted. Where does the waste occur? Yeah, so I've, I've been working on this issue since about 2012 when I wrote my thesis on it. Uh, and what the research seems to show is that in developed countries like the United States, the majority of the food that's wasted happens at the consumer level. So this includes everything like when you're eating out at a restaurant to things in your own home. Um, and also at the retail level, I believe they're including waste that, that grocery stores uh, have in that as well. But in the less developed nations, it's more like at the post-harvest level, mm-hmm. um, since they don't have the uh, the technology and the storage. The refrigeration. Um, the refrigeration, all of that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is, is happening uh, right in our own homes and when we go out to restaurants and, and do to our, our shopping. Well, habits. I do encourage people to call in, especially if they have tips of what they do to reduce waste. Uh, the call-in number is 952-946-6205. I don't really have that much waste. In, in, uh, I, we, we just don't. And part of it is because we have that deep reciprocal relationship with nature. So I don't want to waste something, you know, I, it's just part of our ethic. And so there's a couple little things is bringing our own takeout containers to mm-hmm. restaurants when we rarely go to restaurants. Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing to restaurants. Or if you're going to like a community potluck or an event where you know they're serving food and it's catered and you just know there's going to be leftovers. Um, I usually bring a few extra and <laughs> right. give them to people. Just, you know, when you when you get a disposable take out container somewhere, save it and use it for that. Kind of thing. I, I've got I've got my uh, honey bush berries and my strawberry in my little disposable one that I've saved because there's a huge issue with plastic. So, what other tips can we do in our home to reduce waste? Yeah. So. One of the most important things, I think, is to just be aware and be mindful in in all of what you're doing around food. So when you're shopping, make a list. Only buy the things that you need or that you, you know, have an idea in your mind of what you're going to do with them. Um, you know, plan your meals ahead of time. Uh, you can purchase food in the bulk department so that you're only purchasing just what you need and not a, a whole big package of it. Um there are uh, a lot of tips on, uh, like if you go to savethefood.com, they have a lot of tips around how to store food so that it stays freshest longest. Um, even looking through that, I realized, oh, like, I didn't realize you shouldn't store milk in the door of your refrigerator because that is actually the warmest place. I didn't place. know that part either. Yeah, it's the warmest place in the refrigerator. Then why do they make the refrigerators that way? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so eggs and milk, don't store those Don't the store door. them where the refrigerator tells you to store your <laughs> eggs and milk? Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's confusing. But yeah, because that's the when you're opening the fridge so much, sure. that's the, the warmest area of the fridge. So then it, you know, just... Uh, can deteriorate just a little bit faster. Or um, one big thing I would say, don't pay any attention to those dates that you see on products, those sell-by dates, use-by dates, best-by dates. They are not, uh, they're not an indication of that food safety. Uh, They are an indication of when the manufacturer believes that product will still be at its absolute freshest. Um, So, you know, that doesn't mean that as soon as the milk hits that day, you have to throw it out. You don't. And especially with milk, that's a sell-by date. So that's the date what? that is communicated to retailers that if the customer gets it home by that date, they'll still have ample time to use it. 
My mother puts her milk in the freezer in little containers a yeah. little bit. You can freeze milk. Yeah, you can absolutely freeze milk. You can drink it well beyond its uh, sell-by date. And then also, um, I haven't gone this far yet, but uh, there are recipes out there for, you know, if your milk actually does start to curdle, you can use it to make like buttermilk pancakes. Um, that's essentially what buttermilk is. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to hurt you to consume sour milk it it might taste a little bad you might be a little weirded out you know but it's it's not going to hurt you the way people think it is and one of the things that um i I do wonder is it's not a one-size-fits-all i mean food is so personal very personal. So I look at some of this advice, like resist impulse buys. It's like, that's my best shopping. I mean, I like, I like impulse stuff. But it is it is finding your own groove and actually um, walking into that space where I want to value this food. And one of the little things that I did is really clean out a corner in the refrigerator. And this is the spot for the leftover meals. Mm-hmm. So it's really accessible. It's like, that's the spot that I put anything that's we're going to eat. And it's Da-da. Yeah. And just having that little organizational thing. Because the only th- – I think the times that I've had wasted food is, oh, we put it in the back and somehow, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't remember that you meal. forget about it. And, and again, everyone's taste is different. I mean, I know someone is like, I will not eat leftovers. Ooh, leftovers are ick. And I love leftovers. I love mm-hmm. cooking with leftovers, you know. And Yeah, that's another thing. A lot of folks will, will think that if they have leftovers, they have to just eat them as they are. But, like, repurpose it. Turn exactly. something into a soup or a casserole or, you know, mix it up. Make it creative. Create your own little chef challenge at home. The chef challenge. I'm gonna, And it can be a lazy chef challenge. I'm going to tease that because that's something we'll be talking about in the fourth segment because the lazy part of this is actually can be the fun because one of the reasons why um, kids get – some kids get more calories from fast food. I mean it's really sad, the American diet, the Mm -hmm. standard American diet. And one of the reasons that it's occurring is because people are feeling so oppressed for time. So how do we simplify food? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot of like prepping. I'll do a huge meal and freeze a portion of it. And then you've got it ready for later or prep a lot of stuff and freeze it already prepped. It's the, ready to go out the of the freezer. The prepping is, is, is really cool. There's a lot that one can do. And again, it's finding your own groove with prepping. Everyone's different. So because um, one of the things that I've talked about on, on the air a lot is uh, when I get a lot of produce in, I love to make um, a, a concentrate. I can get a big soup can out or big um, soup, make a concentrate, put that in the freezer, and then I can pull out those concentrate and mix them with, you know, like potatoes or lentil and barley and have a whole new meal. So it's almost, so it's really easy for me. Mm -hmm. But everyone's got to find their own groove. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that prep piece is something that we're looking at at the organizational level as well. Um, you know, we know in Minnesota here we're we're blessed with uh, an abundant harvest season. Um, but in the hunger relief community, we're finding even that we have too much. Um, you know that we can't uh, can't take it all. That our food shelves in August are saying to us, we cannot take another zucchini. We cannot take another cucumber. Um, so we're exploring ways of you know processing that produce to try to extend its life uh, into the winter um, and get creative with some value-added products. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, there's that is a lot really... of exciting solutions to I, this issue. Yeah, and I want to talk more about the community um, aspects of food waste. Um, and we're coming to the end of this, but so trying to figure out how we come together as a community to reduce the 30, 40% of the food yeah. that we waste. Yeah, and just briefly, I'd like to call out the, the partners that are involved with Open Feast um, because they span the food system. We've got folks in hunger You know, relief. before we go through that name, sure. we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about the farm bill, and then we'll make sure we can talk about all your partners. And again, we're live. The call-in number is 952-946-6205. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. 
Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Join the Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe for seasonal dishes using locally sourced ingredients, Minnesota craft beers, and organic wines on the new outdoor patio. Their delicious vegetarian, vegan, and omnivorous menu options are sure to satisfy. Sustaining a healthy community, find Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe at 2601 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis and online at coopcreamery.coop. The Bad Waitress at 700 Central and Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicolette. The Northeast location's finer diner vibe offers craft cocktails from a full bar and an innovative new dinner menu. Still committed to supporting local purveyors and serving organic whenever possible. See the Northeast menu at thebadwaitress.com. Are you looking for the smarter way to buy and sell homes? Check out housegeeks.com. The House Geeks with Bricks Real Estate have the experience, tools, and technology to get you the best value. At housegeeks.com, you will be able to download their free home search app, easily set up appointments, or request your free home and neighborhood market assessment. Remember, the House Geeks, the smarter way to buy and sell homes. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies today with a high near 74. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 62. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a high near 80. And Sunday, partly sunny with a high around 81. Blue Sky Services is the home cleaning company for you. They wash windows, siding, gutters, roofs, and more. And this month only, when you call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484, you can get the AM950 special. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. with the Food Freedom Report. Uh, Joining us by phone is Josh Wise. Josh is with the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. Welcome, Josh. Uh, Good to be here. Yeah, give us a little update on what's going on with the Farm Bill. Well, the news today is that uh, the the Trump administration is considering moving the SNAP program, which uh, comprises about 80% of the Farm Bill, uh, from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to uh, the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, the rhetoric from the administration is that they want to move all the social safety net programs under one umbrella, but it's unclear what that's going to mean for the farm bill and whether it, they do end up separating out the food and farm titles as a part of it and whether or not they could even is, get something like this that is, passed. Because it, of- this is really scary because uh, half a million Minnesotans rely on the SNAP program. So if it was taken away from the farm, the, traditionally this has been a, a, a way of connecting urban and rural interests, the farm bill, correct? Yeah, it, it has. And um, I will say that rural residents right now are just as dependent on, on that program as urban residents are. But it has historically been a compromise bill, um, and it's unclear what this would do for that. Um, although, the, you know, in the farm bill that failed in the House, there were already some pretty draconian uh, cuts and work requirements were part of that. And so um, that, was, that was also pretty bad. And so where is the farm bill at right now um, in terms of timing? You know, the House could re-vote uh, the, on the farm bill. What I've heard is that it might happen on June 26th, but who knows? What will actually happen? Um, the Senate has yet to release their farm bill. 
Um, but the, it's, um, people think that the Senate Farm Bill will look pretty dramatically different from the, the one that failed in the House. And, of course, Trump is at the G7 today. What is, what is going on in the farm country right now? You guys have a new report, and it has some fairly bleak statistics in it. Net cash farm income is down. Farm debt is up. What is the situation uh, like? Yeah, um, no, you, you're right. Um, we are kind of in in the midst of a uh, of a farm crisis. Um, you know, uh, we've all heard stories of the suicide hotlines that are popping up for farmers who are facing low prices and and the potential of losing their farms. And the the recent tariffs uh, that uh, Trump has imposed on other countries and their retaliation is really only going to make it more difficult for farmers. Um, the reason for that, and the the thrust of our report, is that. Uh, it's because the Farm Bill is really set up to support intensive uh, export-oriented uh, crops, such as corn and soy. Um, however, the, the actual demand for food in the United States is going just in the opposite direction for uh, sustainably produced, organic, local food. And so our contention is that the Farm Bill should support that, and we outline a number of reasons why. Great. And so if people want to get more information and read your report, how do they do that? Uh, the report is on our on our homepage at www.iatp.org. Great. I thank you so much, Josh Wise, with the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. This is Food Freedom Radio. And back to you, Ellen. Well, actually, it's, it's back to me. We played that on Thursday. So when Josh was saying today, he was talking about two days ago. Um, but there are so many concerns I have about this farm bill. A little tiny good news that the Organic Research and Extensive Initiative, uh, which was funded at $20 million, now might increase to $40 million. Um, there's so much that could be done with that farm bill to create a, a, a reciprocal relationship with nature and more justice with people and healthy lifestyles. And so, um, you know, we want to really understand because that bill has so much impact. Um, but there's so much bad news. And I know we got a, uh, I got an email from someone, and they're really encouraging people to reach out and call Senator Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith and tell them not to support the King Amendment or other farm bill provisions that put local law at risk. The Harvard Law School Animal Law and Policy Program looked at the Republican proposals and they made a list of how it would affect each state. I did put this on the Facebook page for both AM950 and for Food Freedom Radio, but there's 11 pages, including our right to label horse meat. Wow. Do you want your horse meat labeled? What if you decide that you want, and, and what if the federal government says, no, you're not allowed to label horse meat? We can make money from it, so you're no longer allowed, or our pesticides use. I mean, this farm bill is so key. Um, and uh, the food stamp program, and the earlier evaluation of it is that a million people will be kicked off of food stamps. And, and that's just It awful. is. You know, I did send a letter. I mean, how many people do you know that, Hannah, you rely on the food stamp program? What were their stories? Mm -hmm. I know three. Two of them had to deal with personal health crises. All of a sudden, you're really sick, you've got four kids, and you don't have any money coming in and no way of making money. And everyone deserves food. Everyone, it's, you know, in, in my opinion, and we at the food group believe that food is a basic human right and that well, everyone you, should have access. They're just losers, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, I mean, why should, is, aren't, don't we, I mean, aren't, aren't just the winners are supposed to have food, right? Oh, gosh. No. Nope. We all need it. We all need it. Well, and there was nice innovation during the President Obama's administration. And, and you and I briefly talked about how complex the food system is. But one of the beautiful innovations that did occur is that people could take the SNAP benefits and go to their local farmers mm -hmm. markets. Yeah, that's been it's been so amazing. And with market bucks that they can even actually sometimes double the amount that they're able to get if they're shopping at a farmer's market. So, you know, then we're able to support our local farmers. They're able to get fresh local produce and actually shop for themselves. That's another thing that seems to be uh, somewhat under attack is their their choice in what food that can be purchased well, with these Yeah, and you dollars. talk about those boxes going on, and the thing I emailed uh, about is who's going to sell the produce? Who's going to make the money? Who's mm -hmm. going to make the money? I mean, follow the dollars if that's... You know, uh, it is it is very alarming, and and, and so I, I I really encourage people to learn more about that. And right now we do have a call, Dan from Plymouth. Good morning, Dan. 
Okay, one moment. Uh, Dan will be there. But before we went on break, you wanted to talk about your partners and everyone that's active in this group. Yeah, so to just kind of highlight the the breadth of this issue, we've got folks involved uh, from all across the food system. Um, We've got the food group. Uh, TC Food Justice and uh, Hunger Relation or Hunger Solutions, uh, as well as Appetite for Change, all nonprofit organizations um, in either hunger relief or you know doing work around food. Uh, we've got local government, Hennepin County, Dakota County, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. Uh, we've had the Good Acre, Minneapolis Public Schools. Uh, the University of Minnesota's Institute on the Environment. Uh, we have Taher, a for-profit food service company. Uh, also, Eureka Recycling uh, helped us keep these events zero waste. Uh, the farmers that help support with their produce. Uh, we got compostable um, food service. The forks and um, the little bowls and cups that we used were donated by Renewables Brand and Litton Paper Company. Um, We also got uh, support this year from Waste Management. So there's a lot of buy-in from a lot of different groups in the community. We're going to get to Dan in just a second. He wants to talk about people abusing food stamps. But I just want to, again, put in context what your event is. And so in case people are just tuning in right now. Yeah. So these are the Open Feasts events taking place at three Open Streets events this summer. Events uh, to generate awareness about the issue of food waste and eat some delicious food. Yay! So, Dan, you wanted to comment because uh, about people um, are abusing the food stamp program. So, you yeah, think- you know, I think everybody would agree that those people that are in the situation that you mentioned, where you you maybe are sick or have a disease, and you have children to take care of, I would say that we would all be behind that. But I, at the same time, you know, today we have so many food shelves. Whereas when I was a kid growing up in Columbia Heights, I'm 57. I don't remember there being any food shelves anywhere. See, I think what's happened is our culture is disintegrated where people, young children are having children, and there's generational poverty because they're enabled by a government system that enables them by giving them stuff. So, I mean, I agree with you that there are people that are deserving, and we well, should and help those people. So I'm going to take a break. so many I, people that aren't that okay, are... Dan, Dan, I want to take a break because I know this is such an emotional issue, and I want to share a story of somebody that I, I personally know. And she was, again, I, I'm glad that you agree that, that everyone deserves food. I, I'm glad you agree on that. Well, and I, I know that there are some people that have really, like, there's a guy who, like, I'm a millionaire, but I got on food stamps because they didn't ask him about their, they didn't ask him about um, net worth. Well, the, the story behind Behind that is that sometimes farmers can have land but not be able to afford. They don't have any cash flow. And I think while there is always some corruption, but I think most people, and we want to be careful that there's not people taking the stamp program and then reselling it on the market. We need to have checks and balances for fraud. And so, yes, let's have those checks and balances for fraud. But to have a basic SNAP program has been so vital for so many people, half a million Minnesotans. And I don't know, Dan, if you're in a position to say which one of those half a million Minnesotans are deserving and which ones of those half a million Minnesotans are not deserving, but I know I am not in that position. Citizens, to to stop this fraud, because, you know, you and I and all of us out here trying to make a, a buck every day, it's not right for people who are unwilling to or lazy or, or fraudulently abusing well, the system. Well, I'll also to steal add, sir, that many of the people that are on the SNAP program actually are employed. <laughs> they like working two jobs. No, yes. A lot of them, a lot of them, you know, that's not completely true. Okay. So, so I mean, Dan, Dan, tell me who you know. Tell, tell me who you know. Okay. So, I, I guess you're kind of fading in and out. But, you know, it's so in. So, so I think Dan, it's fine to say that everybody deserves my money so they can buy food for themselves. Now, that's what charity's for. Oh my god. They don't owe, I don't owe them. I don't owe them my to pay my I don't have, I don't I'm, Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pause you right here. I'm responsible for pay for other people. Okay. All right. Well, you know, Dan, I actually, I appreciate you calling in because one of the things that I think is so critical that we try to create in our society is open space. And, you know, there are some things that I actually agree with Dan on, and that is that we all want to be responsible. But I have a new 
not I have a new definition. I'm not doing that right there. But we want to be responding, respondingable too. And so the people that I know that needed this food stamp program really did need it. And um, the story that I know is is a woman who's 19 and she got pregnant and she has a kid and she's working full time, Dan. She is working full time. She's not just taking your money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's working full time, and and she can't afford food. Um, is three hundred fifty dollars a week she makes, and rent is a thousand dollars a month. You know that is the situation, Dan. And and how do we respond to Dan? Yeah, I just there are so many folks out there who are working full time. You know, we all know that if if you're making minimum wage, working full time, that is that is not a living wage currently. And so when you have to pay rent by food support, even if it's just yourself or your family, pay any medical bills, student loans, these things pile up. If your car breaks down, suddenly what do you do? You know, these things, they just, they, they have a ripple effect. So that, you know, so many of us are just one disaster away from needing this support. And I would like to think that, you know, we want to help and support our fellow community members. And, and just to have a basic food SNAP program, I mean, it, it's not that big of a deal. We're protecting the billionaires. <laughs> you know, if you're, if, if you're, if you're uh, a, a big, if, Anyhow, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. It's a great day for a bike ride. What's that? You can't find your bike? Oh, it has a flat. No problem. Take it to Nokomis Cycle, the hardest working bike shop in town. They're celebrating their 23rd year in business. In that time, they've mastered the art of friendly, dependable service. So keep life and your bike moving with Nokomis Cycle, working harder to make you go faster. Nokomis Cycle at the corner of 46th and Bloomington Avenue South in Minneapolis or at NokomisCycle.com. Did you know that tooth decay is the most common disease in America? And that over half the American population has some form of periodontal disease? Simply brushing and flossing don't seem to be enough. The abundant bacteria in your mouth thrive off sugar to produce acid and plaque. But what if you could actually prevent bacteria from converting sugar into the harmful byproducts responsible for tooth decay and periodontal disease? Daily Dental Care is a life sciences company that leverages our microbiology expertise to create oral care products that promote strong teeth, healthy gums, and fresh breath. Our lozenges safely and effectively neutralize harmful bacteria and their disease-causing byproducts like acid and plaque without harming health-promoting bacteria that guard your mouth against the destruction that sugar causes. Supplement your daily dental hygiene routine with our convenient dental lozenges. Go to dailydentalcareswithans.com or Amazon to purchase and use promo code DDC95001 at checkout for a 25% discount on your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Daily dental care lozenges are not intended to place daily dental hygiene practices. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Stop your lying. You got me crying. Girl. 
So, welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. We're live, um, 952-946-6205. And um, I brought some things that I picked from my garden. Um, and Dan, I, I went outside and I handpicked them. <laughs> I've got honey bush berries. What did you think of the honey bush berries? They are sour. They're, they're different. They're sour. Yeah. I actually, I love them. They don't taste that sour to me. And that's the one thing um, in this fake drama world that is helping me navigate the fake drama world is really um, the individualization. I mean, the personalization. We're all different, Mm -hmm. and we're all the way we're meant to be. And in Minnesota right now, we have people who are hungry. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're not working hard enough. I will agree that I think we want to get to a nice open space where we can actually get to the whole complex issues as to why um, we have the issues around food because, I mean, you and I briefly talked about it. I mean, in some ways we have a cheap food policy that doesn't support the farmers. Mm-hmm. And what we need in our economy is the money to flow. So if I'm buying from a farmer's market, a local farmer's market, I'm buying at the co-op, I'm buying locally produced materials, everyone's working, then they money flows. But when we have an extractive system where there's, you know, one large corporation where most of its employees are on the food stamp program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then they're supporting a cheap food system. That's a very extractive system. But one of the things I, I want to talk about something um, I, I, I'm excited about is one of the things I want Food Freedom Radio to be working on over this summer is lazy, lazy good food recipes. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you look at the trends, um, home food preparation and consumption um, is, is way down. American diets have shifted. We're eating out more. Um, uh, some children, some reports have that some children get half of their energy from fast food. Um, mm. And unsurprisingly, it's the lack of time. And the people that I know that are really struggling are working their tails off. They're not lazy people, Mm -hmm. but they do need some easy ways of doing food prep. Um, And so um, over the summer, I want to be gathering these ideas of how do we do do, uh, food that's respectful to the water, soil, planet, and people? How do we do that type of food that's also easy, affordable, and healthy? Um, And we're going to – Food Freedom Radio will be at the state fair. We'll be collecting recipes over the summer summer. And um, so I really encourage people to, to share if they've got ideas on how to eat healthy. So what are your ideas on how you eat healthy and affordable in a way that respects our planet? Well, for me, uh, I like to grow a lot of my own food, and I'm excited. This is my first time I can have my own garden, my own yard. I planted a big 200-square-foot garden. (laughs) I planted a bunch of fruit bushes. So that's super exciting to me because then uh, not only do I know where the food came from and what went into growing it, and I know I'm not using chemicals and that I'm being respectful of, you know, my my earth, my yard, uh, but I know exactly what went into it. And if you've ever grown food yourself, like, you know, the labor that goes into preparing the soil and, you know, planting and keeping those weeds out of there and watering it and, you know, and then finally harvest, it's just so satisfying. So that's one really wonderful way. Um, And then, you know, you've got that fresh food right there out in your yard whenever you need it, pick it when you're ready to eat it. Um, But yeah, like prepping a lot of food ahead of time when you do have the time uh, or, you know, just quick and simple, like a lot of vegetables are fantastic raw. Get creative with salad. Right. And like one of the simple things is a zucchini pizzas, I call them, because zucchinis, mm-hmm. are, if, you, if you're if you new to gardening, zucchinis grow really wild. There, there's You get a lot of produce from the zucchini. Um, you can make zucchini fries. They're fantastic. Slice up the zucchini, put it in the microwave, top it with some spaghetti sauce and whatever type of topping you want and call it mini zucchini pizzas. Yeah. Or eggplant pizzas. Eggplant pizzas. Oh, I haven't yeah. tried eggplant pizzas. Yeah. My do- sister makes them, but you slice so they're they're about, you know, then the size of an English muffin or so. And just, yeah, top it with a little sauce, cheese, whatever. <laughs> it's great. It's super easy, super fast. And, yeah, eggplant, a lot healthier than those highly refined carbohydrates that we're always eating. 
Right. And so, I mean, less than 20% of, um, of us get, uh, have that healthy diet, of the, which, which is enough fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and low-fat dairy. Yeah. So how do we get people to, to do that? I know next week we're going to be talking um, with um, the United Way, and we'll also be featuring Green Garden Bakery, and they're out of North Minneapolis. Yeah. So they're getting some national coverage on a national television show. They're just awesome. Good for them. I know. But they're sneaking vegetables in, like, mm-hmm. grain and oh, yeah. muffins. And, you can stick zucchini zucchini bread. I make these there are these amazing cupcakes with this brown sugar icing just to die for. Oh, can and then you say I the tell, recipe? Oh, I don't know. It oh, uh if I'll you look. search zucchini cupcakes, I'm I'm sure you it'll come it. up. You'll find it. But it, they're so good. So, good. so Andrea Hill with the, the food group, tell us a little bit more about the event coming up and how people can learn about you. Yeah, so we've got three open feast events coming up this summer at different open streets events. They're July 22nd, September 15th, and September 23rd. You can get involved by going to our Facebook page. Uh, just search Open Feasts or go to facebook.com slash openfeastsmn. Uh, or check us out on our website, openfeasts.org. We also have a lot of resources there, uh, tips on how to reduce food waste in your own home and get involved uh, with organizations in the community. Um, or you can email us if you want to get involved. Uh, we could still use a hand on the planning committee if you want to be more involved with making the events happen. You can email us at openfeasts@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Great. And we've got two minutes left. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of the other programs you have, because people can also do fair share. So how does that work? Yeah. So at the food group, uh, we have a number of different program areas. We operate as a food bank. So we partner with food shelves and meal programs in the area, like a traditional food bank. But we also operate Fair for All. And that's a low-cost grocery program where we purchase uh, frozen meats and fresh produce in bulk. And then we package them into these pre-made packs and sell those at a flat rate. Um, So you can get the produce packs for $10, and then we have a a small meat pack for $11 and a larger meat pack for $25. Um, And typically it ends up being about 30 to 40 percent. So you're not getting any of Dan's money by doing this, are you? Nope, nope. You're not, so, you're not stealing from Dan, yeah, are you? Not at all. <laughs> this, this program is self-sustaining. So since That's we're, really we're selling and it's open to everyone, there are no income requirements. We're not going to, you know, ask to see your pay stubs or anything like that. It's open to everyone. And the more people that participate, the more buying power we have and the better deals we can get for everyone. Um, and then we can get uh, in with direct purchase from some of those larger producers. So you're going to see the same brands that you see in a regular But you're also trying store. to look at lower. Um, you're also, uh, tell us a little bit about Big River and the yeah, food association. So then we're also uh, really passionate about local food systems. Uh, we last year merged with an organization called Minnesota Food Association, and they operate Big River Farms. It is a farmer training program that helps teach historically underserved farmers uh, how to make a living off of sustainable farming here in Minnesota. You know, and that is really what it's about. How do we feed ourselves and how do we make a sustainable living in a way that's more relaxed and joyful mm-hmm. and yeah, reciprocal and with the nature. good for our earth. Good yes. for our earth. Good for the soil. Good mm-hmm. for the air. Good for our water. Good for our bodies. Good for our bodies. Good mm-hmm. for our justice, each other. Kind yeah. of more relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I thank you so much, Andrea Hills, yeah, with the Food so Group. Much. And uh, thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.